I'm disappointed that we didn't deal the ball faster and call things that might show a little bit quicker for him. Um, and again, that's that's on me. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. So Packers lost yesterday. Vikings lost as well. Sorry, Vikings fans. I don't know how you keep doing what you do. Bears play tonight. So we're unsure of what's gone on with the Bears. But none of our teams have done uh, particularly well this weekend. I guess Badgers excluded. So I thought I'd start the show, just take 45 seconds, and tell you a story of success. Something to uplift you as our week gets started. Uh, This morning, I finally figured out how to change the clock on the stove in my kitchen. Lived in this house since April. We've had this stove since about uh, June, late May. Uh, It's just, it stumped me. I've put in the work. I've put in the time. I cannot figure out how to change the clock. And I woke up yesterday and I said, all right, enough is enough. I, I, this has gone on too long. I'm, I'm figuring this out. So this morning, I took like 15 minutes tweaking with the clock. And it turns out I was trying to change the hours and the minutes. It was just one thing. I just needed to keep holding the arrow. And it allowed me to cross the threshold into the next hour. So once I figured that out, I mean, I moved it a.m., p.m. I, I tried to see if I could put it in military time. I got this thing. Dialed in. So now I have an accurate clock in my kitchen. So the Packers lost, the Vikings lost, but I, I got a big W this morning. And I thought, why not share that little uplifting, little positivity to start the show? This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. It's 4.03 p.m. And I would be able to tell you the exact same thing if I was standing in my kitchen. I hope you had a great weekend. The Badgers, oof, hammered, hammered. Uh, Rutgers, and I keep forgetting Greg Schiano coaches there, which just makes me laugh. Uh, Gophers, not so much, uh, but the Badgers, they gave us some positivity. Yesterday was not great for Jordan Love, not great for the Packers, and obviously that's what we're going to start with. Um, there's a lot of different angles from which to approach this game. I feel like we're going to be the common sense show today. Some days I try to be the weird, wacky, fun, outrageous, outlandish, hot take show. I don't think today is going to be that day. Now, if you would like to text or call and, and provide that angle... Absolutely. 608-796-2558 is the talk and text line. You can text me anytime. I will open up the phones for calls here in about 20 minutes. And here, here's why. Okay, what I've realized is if I start taking calls the first four or five minutes of the show, then we can get derailed real quickly. So you got to let me set the set the floor here, set the foundation, lay down the groundwork. And then once we get going, once we get headed in the right direction, we get some momentum, then we can take calls. But what happens is... I, I say three things about the Packers, and then somebody calls in and is like, I don't know. Mason Crosby, is he washed? And then it becomes the Mason Crosby is old show. We, that's not the show we're going to do today, but you see my concern. So if you want to call, just give 15 minutes. We'll get started. You can text me anytime. You can tweet me anytime, not just during the show, but uh, 24-7, because most of the time I have nothing better to do than waste time arguing on Twitter anyways. At Wisco Grant, you can follow and tweet me there. The Packers lost yesterday 13-7. to um, and just as I share that final score with you, if you would have told me last week that the Packers hold the Chiefs to 13, I would have said, oh, they'd win. Maybe going away. Like, maybe they win 27-13, 24-13. I, I wouldn't have even expected it to be close, but not the case. 13-7, yet that score seemed to fit the game. As we watched it yesterday, I, I, I wasn't looking around and 
saying, I can't believe it's 13 to 7. I can't believe it's, it, you know, it's 10 to 7. It, that score seemed to fit the type of game we watched yesterday. But if you didn't watch, and I were to just tell you in a vacuum, uh, 13 to 7, a little surprising. And maybe we missed in the way that we previewed this game last week. I thought Jordan Love and the Packers offense would be able to do just a little bit more. Why don't we start with Jordan Love, and then we can talk about this game, and we can bring Aaron Rodgers into the fold, and we can talk about the defense and all the other things that really will continue to be a story next week and the week after and through the rest of the season. We might not talk about Jordan Love again for the rest of the year, but I think we would be negligent. It would be remiss of us to not at least talk about Jordan Love for a little bit. I think it's natural for any big game or any story to want to have the take. Like, this is my take. It's bold. And it's right, and this is the opinion, and my opinion is right. I have the take. I think it's really natural for sports fans to want to do that. That's my goal every day. I want to come on here at 4 o'clock and say, hey, this is the way it is, Jack. Listen up. This is, this is it. This is the ticket. This is the take. That's my goal every day. Kind of plant the flag and say, here's my spin on it, and my spin is right. And I think everyone, all Packers fans and media and writers and National media yesterday, too. Everyone was trying to plant their flag on the moon of of Jordan Love and say, hey, this opinion is the opinion, and my opinion is the right one. Saw a lot of adjectives being thrown around. Jordan Love was terrible. He's no good. He's awful. He's scared. He's not ready. All of these things. I don't know that we can have any definitive, absolute, conclusive take on Jordan Love after last night. Right? Now, we can talk about the game and how he looked in the game. But any big sweeping judgments on what he might one day be or what the Packers might do after this season or what their future now looks like after those four quarters, I don't think we can do that, right? Maybe you feel differently. And like I said, I'm more than willing to hear you out if you call or text or tweet me. But I've looked at this a bunch of different ways and I've read a bunch of different opinions and I just don't think any of them are fair. I don't think we can have a definitive, conclusive, absolute take on Jordan Love after last night. Now, if you just want to look at how Jordan Love played yesterday, he had 190 yards, 19 to 34, touchdown, a pick, right? We all watched yesterday. You can spin this game back and forth. You can give Jordan Love credit, and you can rip Jordan Love, and you can go back and forth. Well, this was good, but also, well, this was bad, but was this his fault? And, well, he could have done this. Like, you could swing back and forth, right? He wasn't great, especially from the jump. He missed some throws. He was jittery. You could definitely tell that it was his first start in a regular season National League football game. But on the other hand, he did make a couple of nice throws. There was a stretch to end the third quarter and to begin the fourth quarter where I think he completed nine straight. And just us watching, we're not football coaches, we're not quarterbacks, but we could see, okay, he's getting into a little bit of a rhythm, a little bit of groove. He's seeing the field a little bit better. You can see he's kind of settling in. So that was good. But also, I mean, big picture, they only scored seven points against a defense that's 29th in scoring and 28th in yards. And while we're looking past the final score and we're looking past the numbers and we want to see how Jordan Love looks final score aside the final score does matter like he could have made a bunch of great throws but at some point you got to realize okay well they were going against a really poor defense and they only scored seven points okay so that's not great but but also to give Jordan Love credit right the special teams were terrible and they left six points on the field because of a missed kick because of a really bad hold And then they just couldn't block anyone on the next field goal attempt. And that gave away another three points. And then they gave away three more on a muffed punt. Amari Rodgers just didn't know what he was doing. At first, he thought, I'm going to catch it. Now I'm going to run away. And Rasul Douglas is just trying to throw a block and set something up. And the ball bounces off his ankle. Like, what what are you doing? That's not Jordan Love's fault. Jordan Love 
brought the offense within very comfortable field goal range for Mason Crosby, and they weren't able to get the ball down. They weren't able to get the blocks down. It's like, okay, so sure, they only scored seven points, and that's bad, but also, should they have scored 13 points? Okay, I, I don't know exactly how I want to look at this, but also, he's he really bad against the Blitz, so that's bad. That's a bad sign. That's how you separate good and bad quarterbacks, right? If there's always a clean pocket and the wide receivers are always open, well, there's lots of quarterbacks that can stand back there and deliver the ball. But what happens when you dial up the pressure a little bit? No one expects a quarterback to be just as good under pressure as from a clean pocket, but you need to be able to manage, right? You need to be able to mitigate. Like if you go into your office, you go into your job during the day and people keep coming into your office, say, hey, I got a question. Hey, I got this. I got that. I got the other thing. Ah, throwing things at you from all directions. Okay, well, you're not going to have the most productive day, but you need to be able to handle it, right? Still need to get this in before the deadline and you still got to do this and you got that email sent out. Even if it's hectic, you manage, right? For quarterbacks, it's the same. It's not going to be the best game if your offensive line can't block. It's not going to be a perfect game, but you got to be able to hang in there. And that, I think, is a big line of demarcation between good quarterbacks and bad quarterbacks. What happens if you just add a little pressure into the mix? Because some quarterbacks melt down, right? Some quarterbacks handle it okay, and they live to see another play, or they're able to escape, or they're able to recognize and shift the offensive line around. Jordan Love was not able to do that yesterday, and that's bad. But on the other hand, he was also pressured like a stupid, out-of-the-ordinary amount. He was pressured on 48% of his dropbacks. He was blitzed on 21 of his 39 offensive plays, which he threw ESPN Stats and Info tweeted this out last night. Jordan Love went 6 for 17 for 30 yards when blitzed, but 13 of 17 for 160 yards when not blitzed. Okay, well, two ways to look at that. We've been talking about this. Uh, You're not going to be as good when you're being blitzed. That's understandable, but you got to be able to hang in there. You can't melt down, and I don't think at any point Jordan Love melted down, but it's also unfair to expect him to never be under pressure, right? So we're trying to look at both sides of this coin. Jordan Love did some good things. He did some bad things. There were some things that were under his control. There were some things that were out of his control. It's a really messy combination of factors. And that's why I'm saying I don't think we can make a clear definitive statement about Jordan Love. And you know what? If Jordan Love would have came out, thrown four touchdowns, I don't think we would be able to make a definitive call on him either. Remember what Graham Mertz did against Illinois? You've been watching the Badgers. What has he done since? He hasn't come close, right? Now, I could give you all of these numbers. Comparing Jordan Love's first start to the first start of Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or Trevor Lawrence. And I could use those numbers to argue that last night didn't matter at all. I say, see, Jordan Love could be as good as Mahomes because Mahomes wasn't good in his stat either. It, it would just be crap. It would be me trying to find a number to make myself feel better, to make you feel better, and it would be a waste of time. I could argue that Troy Aikman's Cowboys went 1-15 his rookie year. That doesn't really apply to the Packers, but it would make us feel better. I could say, hey, Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions his rookie year. Okay, I could dig up all sorts of different stats to make any argument today. I'm not going to do it. It'd be pointless because we really can't have a clear, definitive judgment on Jordan Love and what he could be one day down the road, whether it's with the Packers or another team or next year, the year after, the year after, right? Drawing conclusions about Jordan Love after last night I think is unfair. And what I, what I saw that was really dumb is people were trying to draw conclusions of the next 15 years of Packers football. And I think that's really dumb. Like, I saw Packers writers, who I like, that were tweeting, and then their headlines last night where it's like, the future after Aaron Rodgers is a grim one. Well, really? I mean, do we... We got that from this game? First of all, we don't know when Aaron Rodgers is leaving. It could be after this year. It could be after next. Maybe they extend him, and he's here another four years. 
Maybe he leaves and Jordan Love is terrible. Maybe he leaves and then the Packers also get rid of Jordan Love and they bring someone else in. Or maybe they draft someone else. There's so much we don't know. Last night's game, it's so stupid to say, oh, the future after Aaron Rodgers is looking dark. Okay, well, okay, sure. Be dramatic, I guess. That's about, I think, all I really have to say about Jordan Love. Now, as this show goes on, we're going to add in some more context. Hear from Lafleur, hear from Love, hear from you, and we can talk more. But for my opening rant and my prepared statements and what I was thinking about last night and today, that's all I really got. I also want to talk about last night's game, too, because the result of last night's game mattered for both the Packers and for the Chiefs. The Packers moved to 7-2. and two. Now, the Rams also lost, but the Cardinals won. The Bucks didn't play. So there's some movement along the top of the NFC. And KC's now 5-4. and four. KC's in a tough spot. They did not look good last night. I think the biggest winner last night was Patrick Mahomes. He was not good, again. And he hasn't been good in weeks. Say what you want about pro football focus and their grades. But I think it's a, a fine metric. He hasn't had a PFF grade over 65 in five straight games. Win or lose. He's made four turnover-worthy plays in the last two games. He doesn't have one big-time throw. And this is when people talk about the Chiefs. It's like, well, they just need to clean up their turnovers. No, no, no. That's not it. Turnovers are only a small fraction of the problem for the Chiefs. Probably like 35%, 30%. You take away some of the bad luck, and they didn't have a ton of bad luck last night. Although Kevin King dropped a pick, and I guess Oren Burks jumped off sides, was it? And Adrian Amos had an interception to get it. So maybe the, the Chiefs did get some good turnover luck last night. It was probably due for them. But also their offense just isn't clicking right now, and they're not, more importantly, getting the explosive splash plays. That's the thing. The Chiefs' last couple of years, they've always been loose, and they always sling the ball, and they're always, you know, a little risky. But they've always had so many big, explosive plays that it hasn't really mattered. They've made up for it. They haven't had those explosive plays. From 2017 to 2020, Patrick Mahomes had two games where he was below six yards per attempt. He's had five of those games in 2021. Nine games, five of nine. Patrick Mahomes is just not the same guy this year. And we're not really talking about it today the same way we would be if Aaron Rodgers had played last night. Because in my opinion, if Rodgers would have played last night, there would have been a moment in the game where the Packers were up 24 to 6 and Mahomes implodes and he throws a pick and he's doing ugly things. And we're like, oh my God, this dude is broken. We're not having that conversation today. And that's why I think Patrick Mahomes is the big winner. Inversely, in my opinion, this is my take. I don't expect you to agree. If you disagree, I guess you can call and tell me, but I'm just telling you how I feel, okay? And I know not all of you will agree. I tweeted this last night. Not everybody on Twitter agreed, that's for sure. In my opinion, Aaron Rodgers was the biggest loser in last night's game. And by the way, I said this last week. This is nothing new. I said last Wednesday and Thursday, and I tweeted it out, and it's there. It's on the record. It's in writing. There wasn't a single outcome of yesterday's game that was going to make Rodgers look good. No matter what happened, Rodgers was going to look terrible. If they lose by 30, how dare Aaron Rodgers? It was obviously a big distraction. If they lose by six, like they did. Oh, it's an incredibly winnable game. If Rodgers just plays, the Packers win, and they're 8-1. and one. If the Packers win by 10 or 14 or 15, okay, well, they rallied around Jordan Love. Bad look for Aaron Rodgers. And also, this team is really good. Why, does Aaron, why is Aaron Rodgers upset in the first place? This team's obviously good. There was not a result in yesterday's game, in my opinion, that was going to make Aaron Rodgers look good. The Packers win going away yesterday if Aaron Rodgers plays. And he wasn't available for his team. This isn't even about getting vaccinated. I'm not upset that Aaron Rodgers didn't get vaccinated. We can all make our own choices. But if you make that choice, there are consequences to that choice. Under the CBA that his union agreed to and under the rules that his employer set, and we have to play by our employer's rules, 
he needed to follow a certain set of rules, and he didn't. And it's not about wearing a mask publicly in a presser. I don't. I, I think that that makes him look bad, and I think that speaks to his character. But as far as being available for a football game, wearing a mask in a presser that has no bearing for the most part, unless the NFL suspends him. What I don't like is he's going to a big Halloween party, and he's not wearing a mask, and he comes down with COVID, and now he's not available for his team. If you're not vaxxed, you got to follow the rules. If you are vaxxed, you got to follow the rules. We all follow rules in life. And I know it's so popular right now to say, oh, I push back on the authority and I'm anti-government and I make my own choices. Okay, well, this isn't an anarchy. All right, some rules are there for a reason. Speed limits are there for a reason. Drunk driving rules are there for a reason. And the NFL and the Players Association came together and said, all right, if you want to get vaxxed, here are the rules. If you don't want to get vaxxed, here are the rules. Follow them, and there are no issues. Aaron Rodgers didn't follow them. He got COVID, and he wasn't available for his team in a game they should have won. And that's what bothers me. Now, he's going to come back this week, I would imagine, and play really well, and we'll move on, and this game will be a weird blip on the radar. But it could impact their seeding, and it makes Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, look really bad. You might disagree, and you are absolutely entitled to that opinion, and I don't really want to fight you on it. Now, if you want to call in and make your case, fine, I'll hear you out, and we'll have a fun conversation, but I'm not... I'm not right or wrong. You're not right or wrong. That's the way I see it. I shared it with you. I think this makes Aaron Rodgers look terrible. He should have been there last night, and the Packers would have won going away. Instead, they didn't. Now, we got a good look at Jordan Love, and we have other fun things to talk about, and that's what I want to do coming up next. More of the Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. Hope you had an excellent weekend. Had an extra hour to sleep on Saturday night. (laughs) Sucks when it gets dark this early. I also, I'm not going to complain about it. We do this every year. You know, I'm not going to complain and act depressed. I guess it's dark early, whatever. Fight through it. I fixed the clock on my stove. Been trying to get it fixed for months. I finally figured it out yesterday. Yes. Talked about that to start the show clock is accurate in my kitchen for the first time in months first time ever we moved in in april i wanted to share that uh that success story the packers not so much they lost 13 to 7 gave my thoughts on jordan love a lot of good a lot of bad we would at some point need to see more i don't think it's fair to say he's the ticket or he's terrible i don't know i think we got some interesting things to talk about I gave my two cents on Aaron Rodgers and why I think he looks bad. Those are my two cents. You don't have to agree. I don't expect everyone to agree. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. That's just how I see it. Also, a lot of texts coming in and tweets about Matt LaFleur. And that's what I want to get into next. The game plan, the play calling. Maybe it could have been better. Maybe it could have been better. First, your opinion. 608-796-2558. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Steve. Hey, Steve. What's up? Hey, um, as I've told my friends... Uh... Evil and Rowdy before. Yeah. Rogers, Rogers is a, a typical athlete today. He's a, a me guy disguised as a we guy. Ooh. If he really cares about his team as much as he says he does and professes his love for the, for the team and for the coaches, he wouldn't have done this. Yeah. Uh, in society, we don't get to pick and choose the rules. The rules say you can't drive drunk. Mm-hmm. You can't say, well, you know, I don't agree. I'm, I'm going to drive drunk because that's what I want to do, or I want to go 50 and a 25, you yeah. know. So, um, and I think 
he's a guy. I think he's a bored. I think he's an interesting guy, but I think he really is trying to be different. I think he's bored. I think he's playing a character now, the kind of the man bun, the yeah. not washing, not washing the hair, uh, being <laughs> anti this, you know, not going to the doctor but consulting Joe Rogan for his health. I mm-hmm. think this is all part of the the anti. You know, he he's just trying to be different, and uh, it's going to cost him. But he doesn't need money. And I see, Mayor. Uh, it looks like his the State Farm ads are getting cut back. Uh, he got dropped dropped from his contract what was with Prevea. Yeah. Um, yeah, but. If he wasn't as great, and I love watching a guy throw the football. Mm-hmm. As much as I love him throwing the football, I, I just like him as a, as a, as a guy. And um, I just I just don't know what they're going to end up. I don't know what they're going to end up doing. It's messy. Um, but that being said, um, we had to put up through it the rest of the year because this is still our shot. When I, when I saw Mahomes, I mean, Rodgers is still – Maybe the best quarterback in the NFL. That's why he gets away with it. If he was any other mm-hmm. guy, he, he he wouldn't. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think those are some good points, Steve. Thank you for the call. Thanks. Yeah, have a good one. That's Steve uh, in Madison. I See, some of this stuff with Rodgers matters. Why this story is tricky and why we talked about it a lot last week, and I think we did a good job. The vaccine thing is not sports. The, the personality thing is not sports. But in this weird version of sports the last two years where – the COVID testing has become an element of being available for your team. Well, now it is kind of sports because it impacts whether or not you're on the field or not. And I know I've gotten some texts and tweets that have said, well, Devontae Adams is vaccinated and he had to miss time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the same with Alan Lazard. The thing is, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to get vaccinated, then don't go to a party, right? And if you do wear a mask, although I'd prefer you to just not go to the party. Like, do you really need to wear a costume? Are you in eighth grade? You know what I mean? If Rodgers would have taken every measure to be available on Sunday and still been sick? Okay. Well, sometimes we get unlucky, and I get that. And I think Devontae Adams got unlucky. Alan Lazard got unlucky as a close contact. But you got to do everything you can to be available for your team. And he didn't do that, and that sucks. And I think that makes him look bad. The rest of it, the, the weird personality, the narcissism, I don't want to dwell on that today. I think it's a part of it um, because I think that impacts leadership. But I'm hardly an expert on leadership. I sit in a room for two hours by myself every day and talk. Um, I don't know that I can speak to that. But, yeah, I thought it was a bad look. You go to a party, you're breaking rules because you don't want to follow the rules. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I thought it was a bad look. Um, not exactly what I want to dwell on, and I don't think that's what you want to dwell on either because we have a couple of texts here. Elk Mound Nick talking about struggling against the Blitz, but was it the play calling? He says there were no quick routes when they were playing cover zero. Just thought we could have called things differently to help a young quarterback. Tough game, but with all our injuries, especially on the defensive side, you have to be happy with how well they're playing, especially in weak division. I agree with all of that, Nick. Uh, Josh in Sparta. Says, we saw what Jordan Love could do in the fourth. Got his legs under him, and the defense looked great. Failed interception by King. Cost three points, but he did play well. Kevin King's had a good two games. Um, and Packers fans are going to have difficulty admitting that. Just for a lot of different reasons with Kevin King. But he's played pretty well. He dropped an interception yesterday, but in coverage, he's been pretty good. So Josh is talking about the defense. Nick and Elk Mount is talking about the coaching. I think Matt LaFleur could have been a little bit better. He's the first to say it. And we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur here in a sec first. Let's go to the phones really quickly. 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, DW from your players. Grant, how's it going? Oh, it's just great. I had a splendid weekend. What about you, DW? Yeah, yeah. We had fun, too, playing in the woods in the northern Wisconsin. Heck yeah. Hey, I, I got home in time to watch that game, and I thought the uh, third quarter, Bob played better. Um, the only thing I really didn't agree with, he was trying to force the ball to Devontae Adams, and, you know, 
a lot of times when you look, the middle of the field was wide open. And I thought uh, they could have maybe run some more short patterns, maybe, you know, because they, they, uh, the Chiefs blitzed like 51% of the time when he went back to pass. I mean, if you could have caught him a couple of screen plays or tight end screens, you would have had big yards. Um, that's all. That's all. All I really got. I thought the forward could have, you know, called some more screens and stuff, some shorter passes for his yeah. player. Maybe hand the ball off to Dylan another five times because he was getting big chunks. Yeah. So. Yeah, I. Um, that's all I got, Grant. Yeah. Where were you in Northern Wisconsin? I'm just curious. Before I let you go. Well, oh, I was just up in the, the central Wisconsin, I guess, Nacito. Oh, okay. Adams. Oh, up a, there hunting. It was a beautiful weekend. I'm yep. jealous. All right. Thanks for the call, DW. Yeah. Yep, see ya. See ya. We, yeah, we had a fun weekend. I went up on the bluffs on Saturday. It was just so nice. I'm like, I got to get out because we might not get another day like this. Sorry, I missed the second half of the Badger game. They were only up by 35. I thought it was okay for me to maybe not watch the second half and go outside and enjoy the weather a little bit like DW. Thank you. Uh, calling from New Glarus. Yeah, I thought they could have utilized the middle of the field a little bit better. And this is my simple mind. I don't watch the game like a coach. I watch it like a fan. So maybe this is being too simplistic. But what I saw, especially in the third and the fourth quarter, is they kept going to the sideline, kept trying to throw these nice, pretty, drop-it-in-the-bucket balls. And I don't doubt that Jordan Love maybe has those throws. Maybe he's capable of making them. I don't doubt that. But what bothers me is if they're bringing all of the defenders in the blitz, they have a very limited amount of defenders in the secondary now, right? They're playing one-on-one man coverage. Well, the sideline is an extra defender. Get away from the sideline. If you if you play by the sideline, you're helping the Chiefs because you're giving them an extra defender when they're already committing so many of their bodies to blitz. Now, once again, maybe that's overly simplistic, and I don't understand the nuances of, of route running, but you know what I mean? If they're going to vacate the middle of the field and bring all their players on the rush, attack the middle of the field. It's more space to defend, and when you go by the sideline, you're basically giving an extra defender to the Chiefs' defense that was already allocating so many to the blitz. Phones are off the hook, so let's keep going. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Uh, Mitch and Madison, Big Money Grant. How's it going? Mitch, I am well. It's good to hear from you. What's up? Yes, sir. Hey, I, I'm with that last caller. I don't know uh, why. You know, it seems like every time Dylan got the ball, he just went right up the middle, yeah. and nobody even could bring him down. So it's almost like LaFleur kind of wanted to show, like, okay, Jordan loves ready. We're going to throw first, run second when it should have been. Like there's no, to me, there's nothing wrong with, with kind of being playing a little conservative, run the ball old school um, because you weren't doing him any favors because, you know, and I don't want him to do bad. No. I, I want, every, I want, I want the Packers to succeed, but he was struggling with those short, accurate those short throws that you have to be accurate with and the way to open that up is to get the running game established so um that was a little frustrating i suppose because you weren't doing him any favors yeah and maybe we made a mistake last week and thought well they're just going to throw the ball short and they're going to do what they did in arizona but maybe we don't appreciate how tough it is to hit those short little throws right you got to hit someone right in the hands quickly you got to lead them Maybe those throws are a little bit more difficult than we originally thought, and, and maybe that's something Jordan Love still has to work on, right? And maybe we missed that last week, Mitch. Oh, 100%. I mean, uh, look at Brady. The, the the number one reason why he is arguably the greatest quarterback of all time and still in the league is because he can hit those over and over and over. Yeah. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks can't, and that's why they don't stick around. Yeah. 
Maybe we, hey, playing quarterback is hard, and we watch it every week, and we've watched good quarterback play for a long time, so we think, oh, those are the easy throws. Well, it turns out they're all hard, and maybe that's something that Packers fans were going to have to realize. Hey, Mitch, thanks for the call. i got to take a break, but thank you for reaching out. Yes, sir. Bye. Mitch in Madison, thank you for the call. Well, first of all, this is great, because we got to hear from Matt LaFleur coming up next, and I'm looking at the three sound bites that I want to play you, and these sound bites speak to exactly what Steve brought up, exactly what DW brought up, and exactly what Mitch Madison brought up. So perfect. We had our callers set the table. Now Matt LaFleur is going to strut in and I think answer some of these questions and speak to some of these concerns that we just spoke about. More of the Wisco Sports Show. We're going to take a five-minute break. Be right back. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I was thinking about getting LASIK, so I asked my optometrist, who do you recommend? She said TLC Laser Eye Centers. Then I notice she's not wearing glasses, and I'm like, I wonder if she got LASIK. So I ask, and she said she went to TLC Laser Eye Centers. If my doctor trusts TLC for her LASIK, shouldn't I? So here I am, and I'm pretty excited. Sports show rolling on. I love this song, but maybe the intro is too long. It's a little extra. It's a little dramatic. I'm not a dramatic person. You know me. My my name is Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Talking text line 608-796-2558. Give me a call or give me a text. You probably figured that out. It's the talk and text line. You can do both. Josh and Sparta, Nick and Elk Mound, Mad Mike. We just got a call from DW. Comes to us from New Glarus and Mitch and Madison. Talking about Matt LaFleur. Now, when I started the show, it's Jordan Love this, Jordan Love that, and also Aaron Rodgers. But what we didn't really talk about in detail, and we haven't done yet, is what Matt LaFleur maybe could have done better. And after the game, he got to the podium and said, hey, this is this is on me. I take responsibility for this and that. But what specifically, right? I think maybe the game plan could have been a little bit better, or maybe it was all execution, and maybe the coach and the players all got caught up in the heat of the moment, and they had a good game plan, but they went away from it, even if they didn't mean to. So let's get into that discussion. The big issue for Matt LaFleur was the pressures. The offense couldn't handle the blitz. They also couldn't convert on third down. Those two were very much connected. Spagnuolo was just emptying the cannon on third down. He's sending everybody. Engage eight, zero cover blitz. Basically, everybody that's not covering someone on the perimeter is going. All the backers, all the safeties, leaving one-on-one all over the field. So when we say zero blitz, um, or like if you play Madden, engage eight, right? Same thing. Everybody's coming. Packers couldn't handle that. And because of that, they really struggled on third down. And Matt LaFleur said, this is, this is on me. For us to be whatever we were, two for 12 on third down, obviously didn't have a good enough plan for some of the zero pressures that they, they brought on us. But I thought our guys battled. I thought Jordan, I was really proud of the way he played. He hung in there. He was taking hits and delivering the ball. And I thought he did a really good job. But I think that ultimately I've got to be better. And this one falls squarely on me. There were some good moments for Jordan Love. I think if you were to just look at social media last night, Jordan Love was terrible. He was awful. He was the worst. He sucks. He's not ready. He might not be ready. At least he didn't look like it last night. There were some good things, too. He had a nice drive in the third and in the fourth. Now, only one resulted in points. That was the bummer. One ended in an interception. Not the most egregious pick I've ever seen, and I tweeted about that last night. It's like, look, Devontae Adams has caught worse balls than the one that was intercepted last night. Legereus Sneed made a great play. And if you're going to turn the ball over, 
Given Devontae Adams a 50-50 ball, even if it was maybe more like a 60-40, 70-30 ball, there are worse ways to go, right? It wasn't the worst interception I've ever seen. There were some good things from Jordan Love, and I was impressed here and there the way he handled some pressure and bought time and navigated the pocket. Maybe the wildest no gain I've ever seen was him dancing around and finding Mercedes Lewis. That was really impressive. So I agree with Matt LaFleur. It was the pressures that kind of, it, it, it really led to struggles on third down and it led to struggles converting. I appreciate it, and I tweeted this last night too. I appreciated that Matt LaFleur just admitted that he needed to do a better job beating the Blitz instead of whining about how the Blitz is unjust and unfair and I don't know, maybe quoting Martin Luther King or whatever, something along the way. Matt LaFleur asked, how could you have better helped Jordan Love? What could you have done specifically? I think it just comes down to the play calls and, um, you know, having answers to be able to protect against some of that. Anytime you go against zero pressure, if you don't make a team pay, they're going to keep running it. And unfortunately, we didn't make them pay until late in the game. So, you know, I would anticipate that we're probably going to see some more zero blitz until we get it corrected. Now, when you say play calling, this is what sometimes bothers me about football fans. Football fans are insane. Uh, there's a college football coach that I that I hit up every once in a while. I'll ask questions to because I, I can watch like a fan and I can speak about the game like a fan. But I think if football fans had a complaint about a coach or a player, this and that, and they took it to a coach, somebody who works in football and somebody who really knows what's going on, I think you'd feel pretty dumb because the coach would just say like, oh, well, here's what happened. It was this. Well, no, it's a terrible play call. No, actually, here's what happened, right? So I think football fans are a little bit insane. Sometimes, And we saw, oh, the play calling was terrible. Well, maybe, maybe not. There are multiple routes being run on every play. Where Jordan Love chooses to go with the ball, that's somewhat his choice, too. What I didn't get in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter when Spags was just empty in the gun and sending everybody, why are you throwing at the sideline? And again, I'm not a football coach, but in my mind, this is the way I see it. If the Chiefs are going to abandon every inch of the field to come after Jordan Love, they're going to leave all of their corners on islands one-on-one in this huge area of empty space. Why are you going at the sideline? The sideline is an extra defender. You're helping the Chiefs defense when you pin your wide receiver up against the sideline because now you're limiting the amount of space that that cornerback has to cover. If you bring someone into the middle of the field and you attack the space that's being vacated from the blitz, well, now that corner's got to cover left, right, forward, backward. But if you're pinning your wide receiver against the sideline, that's doing the Chiefs a favor. And I don't know if that was the play call, if Matt LaFleur was really ramping up the perimeter stuff, or if just that's what Jordan Love was was wanting to do. That's where I'm not sure. It's not all play calling. It's not all Jordan Love. It's a mix of both. That's that's one thing that bothered me. Now, in the running game, I had a couple calls, and I saw some tweets. It's like, why are we going away from the run game? And this, I think, is also football fans being a little bit nuts as well. It's like, well, A.J. Dillon didn't get enough runs. Oh, you're probably right. He had eight carries. He had over four and a half yards per carry, by the way. He almost averaged five yards. He's really good. Part of that is by design. Kansas City, if they're not blitzing, they're sitting in too high. And you can run it to look like that, especially a defense. Kansas City's not that good. So, A.J. Dillon, if he didn't average four and a half yards a carry, I would almost be worried yesterday. Now, you can't just hand it to A.J. Dillon on every play and go four and a half yards, four and a half, four. That's not how football works. You can't just blow up one number over the course of four quarters and expect it to work out in touchdown drives, right? There are other factors. But I get it, okay, eight carries isn't a ton. I can see why people wanted A.J. Dillon to get the ball more. But then I see other people who's like, they went away from Aaron Jones. They didn't give Aaron Jones the ball enough. It's like, well, wait a minute. If you want A.J. Dillon to get the ball more, that's going to take away from Aaron Jones or that's going to take away from somewhere else. There's only so many plays. There's only so many snaps. And I think football fans were so nuts 
and we complain about this and that and this and that and this. It's like, well, wait, we can't have our cake and eat it too. We can't give A.J. Dillon 30 carries and give Aaron Jones 30 carries and have Jordan Love do this, that, the other thing, right? So let's let's try to be rational, which is really hard for football fans. We're not the most rational bunch. Aaron Jones had 12 carries, four and a half yards per, right? I think the reason that maybe they went to Aaron Jones a little bit more than they went to A.J. Dillon, even though I'll admit A.J. Dillon looked great. I Like he was busting through the line and he was falling forward for four or five extra yards on some of these carries. It felt like, it felt like for large chunks of that game, their best hope in moving the ball down the field was with A.J. Dillon. But I think a big reason why A.J., or uh, not A.J. Jones, but Aaron Jones was on the field a lot is because they like his home run potential. It was a 13 to nothing game, right? The Packers couldn't score. And I think every time Aaron Jones is on the field, it's like a lottery ticket. The same with Dalvin Cook, right? There's a chance he could go for 60 and score a touchdown. And Jordan Love probably wasn't throwing a 60-yard touchdown. And A.J. Dillon is a really good back, but he's not the home run hitter that Aaron Jones is. So I think if you wanted more A.J. Dillon, just know they probably stuck with Jones a little bit because they wanted the potential of that home run because they had to score somehow. And they were always backed way up on the field, so they needed a home run to put the ball in the end zone. So there's this complex relationship between these two running backs, and not both of them can go off every single game, right? Carry's got to go somewhere. You can't give the ball to every player on every single game. Matt LaFleur was asked, what's the difference between Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers when it comes to facing the blitz? We're one of the few teams in the league that has that ability to have that within the offense where he can bail you out of some things. And But I don't want to let that take away from Jordan's performance because I thought he did a really good job. I think ultimately it comes down to, to myself making sure that we have a better plan to handle those pressures. Jordan Love did oh, I want to be careful how I say this because I, I don't want to be an apologist. I don't want to be a fan that's unrealistic about what happened. I let Jordan Love a couple of times, did a good job uh, escaping the pressure for a moment, getting outside the pocket. That well, Again, that completion of Mercedes Lewis, I don't know how he spun out of that and turned that into a play that wasn't negative or wasn't a penalty. So there were moments where Jordan Love showed a little zip and a little pep in his ability to kind of improvise, which is what Aaron Rodgers is very good at, especially when there's pressure in his face. Really, really escapable. And I think Jordan Love showed flashes of that. But one thing that I didn't see, and this is always what my dad says when I watch games with him. So I don't know if, like, I I don't know if this is a good take or not, but this is what I kept saying during the game, too. And by the way, I'm not calling my dad dumb, right? But, like, I watched sports with my grandpa before he passed. He passed away almost 10 years ago now. And every at-bat, he's like, why don't they bunt? Why don't the Brewers bunt? Why isn't Ryan Braun bunting? And even back then, I was like, well, they can't bunt every time, Grandpa. Right? So sometimes you watch with your dad, you watch with your grandpa, you hear the same things, and you're like, okay, were they right? Is it old-fashioned? By the way, I, I sound like I'm putting my dad out to pasture. That wasn't, that wasn't my intention. Do you get my point? I hope my dad's listening. He's not saying, screw, screw this kid. Uh, but my dad would always say, when the blitz is coming, you're on a draw. Run a draw play. Right? Take a couple steps back and then hand it off to Aaron Jones. Mitigate that pass rush a little bit. My dad's never coached football, but then again, I've never played football. My dad's at least played football. Like, why not run a drop? They never run drop plays. I feel like that's a decent way to attack a blitz, especially a zero blitz. Because if you can get that running back through that initial surge, it's gone. Especially Aaron Jones, who again, has home run potential. I feel like I want to talk about this more, but I need to take a break and text my dad and be like, I'm not trying to diss you. Because <laughs> he does listen to the show from time to time. But yeah, my dad always say, run a drop play. And last night I was saying the same thing. It's like, oh. Chip off the old block. Run a draw. Why not? They didn't do that. They didn't attack the middle of the field, and I think they did the Chiefs uh, a couple of favors by continuing to target the sideline. 
right? The sideline's an extra defender. Don't help the Chiefs out like that. A couple of my thoughts. Let's take a break, get an update from Mike Clemens, and we'll talk a little bit more about this coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers lose to the Chiefs 13-7 here in Kansas City. Green Bay's seven-game winning streak snapped. They're now 7-2. Quarterback Jordan Love's numbers nearly match those of Patrick Mahomes. The difference? Two missed field goals by Mason Crosby. One a poor hold, the other blocked. Love, 19-34, of 34, with one touchdown to Alan Lazard and one pick. I asked him, what one play did he think was his best of the day? Yeah, I mean, I think the touchdown play we had at the end there the concept we had is a really good all-out answer and Allen did a really good job on that play and uh of obviously winning on the route and then doing something spectacular at the end uh, making a guy miss and going to scoring so uh, I think that one gave me a lot of confidence right there the Packers moved the ball but struggled on third down Packers head coach Matt LaFleur for us to be whatever we were two for 12 on third down obviously didn't have a good enough plan for some of the zero pressures that they they brought on us but i thought our guys battled i thought jordan i I was really proud of the way he played he hung in there he was taking hits and delivering the ball and i thought he did a really good job but i think that ultimately i've got to be better and this one falls squarely on me it was loud here at arrowhead over seventy-three thousand fans a sellout chiefs head coach andy reed i want to thank our fans man they they kind of won the game for them uh out there uh, there were a lot of Green Bay fans. They travel like our fans travel. And I thought we were able to drown them out, which was a thing of beauty there. So the Chiefs improved to 5-4. and four. The Packers are at home next Sunday against the Seahawks. LaFleur said Aaron Rodgers will start, even though he cannot return until Saturday. That means Love will be running the offense in practice all week. Packers running back Aaron Jones asked if he thinks Love is ready to take over next year if Rodgers doesn't return. I don't know what the future holds or anything. I'm I'm not the GM. I'm not, I don't have a crystal ball, so I just focus on what we're doing right now and uh, what's going on right now. So uh, I know we got to hop on a plane and get ready uh, for Seattle next week. I can't think you thinking about next year. Best Packers coverage. I think Andy Reid is right. That crowd was nuts. And I do think they played a huge role in helping Kansas City win. And I got to apologize. I think that's something I failed to talk about last week. And I don't think it's just me, because I listen to a lot of Wisconsin sports talk. I don't think there were a lot of hosts last week saying, well, wait a minute, the Kansas City defense might not be very good, and the Packers are getting Adams back, and they're getting MBS back, but that crowd, that could, for somebody in their first start, that could be a huge deal, and I think it was a much bigger deal than maybe we anticipated or we talked about last week. And that's on me. i got to remember to bring that up. This is the Wisco Sports Show. That was Mike Clemens. He'll join us tomorrow, 5.30. We'll get another update from him at 5.50. You can follow him on Twitter, at Mike Clemens NFL. You got a couple of minutes. The NFL, even when it's bad, it's good. And about halfway through the noon games yesterday, I went to pick up some food. And on my drive, I'm thinking, okay, I saw the first half of some of these games. You know, the Vikings and... Uh, Ravens is when I was watching Browns, Bengals. There were other games on too. And I said, ah, these games, they're not great. The noon slate isn't great. This is kind of underwhelming. And then I immediately thought, well, just when I normally think that, that's typically when it gets wild. And it did. The Vikings found a way to lose after having a big lead. It was 
not good. Vikings. They even got a turnover in overtime. Daniil Hunter, or not Daniil Hunter, but uh, Anthony Barr made a really good play. It didn't matter. Vikings fans, I don't know how you do it. You just sign up for this every week, and it's the same thing. The Jacksonville Jaguars beat Buffalo yesterday, 9-6. to six. What the hell? <laughs> what? And I think because that game was being played in Jacksonville, we all made this conscious effort. It's like, oh, that's in Jacksonville. Well, I'm not watching that. That game doesn't matter because it's just so, you know what I mean? When they're playing down there and the sun was setting, it was a weird aesthetic. It's, oh, Bills, Jags, I don't care. But that's weirdly shocking. That's that's jarring for Bills fans and Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs really hasn't been the same player this year. That was wild yesterday. The Broncos were up 30 to nothing over Dallas with two minutes left. And Dallas made it at least look respectable. Maybe Dallas is not the juggernaut we thought. Maybe that defense isn't amazing. Maybe they just got some good turnover luck. Travion Diggs, right? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm asking the question here. Arizona smashed San Fran yesterday with a backup quarterback. Arizona's good. The Packers did a really good job playing as well as they did. Maybe that's a further testament to the Packers' defense. The Packers' defense pushed around Arizona for four quarters when they had Kyler Murray. Uh, Maybe the biggest question out of Arizona-San Fran, um, maybe not all that pertinent to our Wisconsin teams, but really, really interesting. Are we sure about Kyle Shanahan? Like, are we 100% sure that he's the ticket? He's the real McCoy? I think Kyle Shanahan maybe is like Mike Zimmer in the sense that they are the best mind with offense or with defense, but maybe they're not the best head coach. And I've referenced this before if you've ever read the book, The Peter Principle, right? The idea that we elevate people to their level of incompetence. If you're a great position coach, you get elevated to a coordinator. If you're a great coordinator, you get elevated to a head coach. And some coordinators, Pat Shermer is another good example. You get to be the head coach and you're not really all that good. That doesn't mean you're a bad coordinator. I think Kyle Shanahan's one of the brightest offensive minds in the game. I think Mike Zimmer has proven for a long time, way longer than Shanahan, that he's one of the best defensive minds in the league, right? But as a head coach, are they the are they the ticket? I'm not sure. Shanahan, it's, it's weird because you can only lean on injuries for so long. You can only lean on bad quarterback play before so long. I, I don't know. Kyle Shanahan did amazing things with the Falcons, amazing things early on when he had, well, two years ago, 2019, he did great things, but you can only coast on those years for so long. I, I don't know. Maybe we have to revisit Kyle Shanahan at some point. Not today. I want to talk more about the Packers and Jordan Love. We'll do that coming up next. I'm disappointed that we didn't deal the ball faster and call things that might show a little bit quicker for him. Um, and again, that's, that's on me. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. About 25 minutes ago, I argued that the Packers last night maybe should have ran some some draw plays. Halfback draw. You know, you let the pass rush come and then you hand it off real quick. It's a good way to slow down the pass rush. And I talked about how I I kept thinking that during yesterday's game, but I was a little bit hesitant because I remembered, oh my gosh, that's something my dad always says and used to say when I watched games with him when I was obviously living at home years ago. And 
while my dad is a great sports fan and a smart sports fan and someone I love and respect, I think we all have this fear that we're going to turn exactly into our parents. Right? We make commercials about it. Like, Progressive has this whole thing about how to not turn into your parents. Now, I would be lucky to turn into a smart uh, uh, man like my dad. Uh, that wasn't my... It was meant as a term of endearment, right? And my dad texted in and he just said no comment. <laughs> so he was listening. Great. Awesome. Draw plays. I think you're right about that, Dad. I think we're just all scared of turning into our parents. And my dad could probably speak to his dad, who I used to watch baseball games with as well. Uh, my grandpa Dick used to call CeCe Sabathia CeCe Sabatka for years. We're like, Grandpa, that's not that's not his name. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> CeCe Sabatka. My my good buddy, my roommate, who's been on the show a couple times, Ryan Giannone. His dad always refers to their Bears fans. His dad always referred to Mitch Trubisky as Trubinsky. So I think there's, we all do this, right? Like We're afraid to turn into our parents. We love them. Uh, I'm just thinking of some funny things my dad and grandpa said, and I know uh, I'm not the only one who has experiences like that as well. Thank you for hanging out today. We're talking about Jordan Love, yes. Aaron Rodgers, yes. Matt LaFleur, yes. There's a lot of different angles from yesterday's game. Like, yesterday's game was almost a, a mini season in and of itself, right? Because you almost forget the Packers were chasing a top seed in the NFC, and they need to win, and they're on pace to win a bunch of games. But also, it's like, hey, let's pause this week and talk about Jordan Love. It's like a side quest. You know, it's like, if you've seen the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian, and I won't spoil anything. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's good. Um, but the whole goal of the show is for him to return this little creature to his home. And it's the whole show. That's just what he's trying to get done. And yet like one episode, their ship crashes on this planet and they need to help this farmer kill this thing that's eating his crops. It's like, well, the point of the show isn't the farmer that's trying to defend his crops. That's just one episode. Yesterday, it felt like that. Like, this was a little side quest in the main mission of the season, which, of course, is to get a good seed, get into the playoffs, win the Super Bowl, of course. So we're trying to hit this from all angles. The Jordan Love angle, yes, but also we're in the middle of a real season, uh, and these games count, and they're going to count for weeks to come. And we might look back on this game and say, hey, I wish Aaron Rodgers would have been available or Matt LaFleur would have been a little bit better or Jordan Love would have been better, so this is a game that we would win instead of losing and impact the seeding and, and all that jazz. You get my point. So that's what we're trying to accomplish today. The talk and text line, 608-796-2558. See a couple of texts, but we will get to those texts. But first, we got to talk to Big Joe. Big Joe, what's up? What's up, my friend? How are you living? Oh, I'm living good. Yesterday's game could have gone worse, so I'm I'm content. If Jordan Love could have thrown four picks, that would have sucked, but he didn't. So I, I think life is right. good. Yeah. Hey, Grant, I'm, I'm strictly blaming that game on the special teams, buddy. If our special yeah. teams would have showed up, we probably would have won that game. Yeah, I and this is why I haven't even mentioned the special teams except for once or twice. I, I don't know. What do you do? Fire the coordinator? Do you, I, I don't know how to talk about special teams. This is something I've always struggled with. I'm with you there, buddy. Like, our our special teams the last few years have been our Achilles heel, buddy. It's tough to win close games against really good teams when you're always giving up possessions and you're always losing field position. It's tough. It's tough. Right. I, I, I'm just starting to wonder about Mason Crosby myself. I just I don't know if he's that good of a kicker anymore. You sure? He made, a, he made a game winner a couple of weeks ago. They can't block for him. And then the holder, everyone knows. Lace is out. Everyone knows that. Lace is out, Mario. Exactly. exactly. See, you get it. Yeah, I don't know exactly how to break down the special teams. Special teams are weird and they're complicated. And, like, offensive play calling, we've all played Madden. So hey, we, can, we can say Green, that, but I, I don't know about special teams. Yeah, big joke. Right, Green, I got one. I got one for you, even though I'm trying to be all about positivity and positive vibes. Of course. Our special teams is special. There. 
I'm a bad person. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I apologize. Well, yeah. Thank, thank you for the call, Big Joe. I'm gonna. We're gonna move See you, on. Buddy. Yes. Good to talk to you. See ya. Cancel culture comes for Big Joe today. Uh, the angry mob, the liberal mob, or no? What, what did Aaron Rodgers say? The woke mob. Uh, yeah, woke mob. See Big Joe. Uh, I, when he started saying them, like, oh boy, what's he gonna say? Could have been worse. A couple of texts here. Mitch and Madison says your dad has to be cool to make such a baller son like you. Something like that. Yeah, I don't know that me or my dad are either that cool, but yeah. Thank you, Mitch. Duck says um, announcement. Okay, so Duck has some pop culture things to share. Duck and Holman says announcement. Always sunny. Starts December 1st. Thank you. He says, I've also watched Dexter. Same premise. So, yeah, I think this is the case with a lot of TV shows, right? By the end of the, the season or the, the, the show, the series as a whole, you're trying to get somewhere, but there's little side quests and side episodes along the way. Uh, I was listening to our friend Bart Winkler's show a little bit this morning. He'll join the show from time to time uh, and always bring some some fun takes. And he compared it to Ted Lasso. I haven't seen the second season yet, but I guess what happened with Ted Lasso is they wrote the show and they plotted it all out and it was scripted for 10 episodes. And then Apple TV came back to them and said, hey, people really like the show. Can you do 12 or 13 episodes? And they decided instead of stretching out the show they had already written, they were just going to add a couple of bonus episodes in that really didn't really didn't add a whole lot. They didn't make sense with the whole premise, but they were just kind of fun throw-ins. And I guess there was an episode about Coach Beard that was just him for an episode. That's kind of like this. This is the side quest. This is the one little break we're taking in the season, which how privileged are we as Packer fans? And and mostly because of the division that we play in, we can just punt a week to talk about our backup quarterback and our future. We can can have our mid-season crisis, literally. Halfway through, we can talk about what life might be like after Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and then we can get back to playing games that actually matter and contending for a Super Bowl. That's, uh, yeah, that's funny. Uh, Dave says, uh, I'd give him a C. Oh, that's from this morning. Sorry, Dave, I'm going to scroll down. Holder had a rough game. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, yes, laces out. I don't think this is a Mason Crosby problem, um, but I guess maybe. I'm not going to jinx Mason Crosby. He's been good. He's always good. I'm. He's the last guy. Of all the guys in our special teams, he's the last guy I'm, I'm going to worry about. Let's talk about Jordan Love for a couple of minutes as we kind of reset the show here and how he looked yesterday and how we feel about him. I think the trap here is that everybody wants to have the take and they want to know for sure and they want to be right and they want to plant their flag. So two years later, when Jordan Love's career develops and the Packers develop post Aaron Rodgers, maybe they extend Aaron Rodgers, whatever, everybody wants to be able to look back to this day and say, I told you so. I told you that he was going to be a star. I told you that he was going to suck. I told you that they should have kept Rodgers or, or whatever. You can't really have that take today. That's not fair. And I love to have, I love being that guy. I love coming in here and saying, this is the truth. Nothing but the truth. So help me God, this is the take. But you can't do that today. And everybody's trying to do it on Twitter last night and say, oh, love's terrible. Love is awful. He's scared. He's not the real deal. You can't do that today. You can't have any definitive, absolute, conclusive take on Jordan Love after last night. Now, you can talk about the good. You can talk about the bad. You can go back and forth all day, right? Like, he wasn't great. He definitely missed some throws. He had some jitters early on. You could tell it was his first start. But then later in the game, he made a couple nice throws, completed nine straight passes. You could tell he got into a little bit of a groove at the end of the third and to start the fourth. So that's good. Well, also, I mean, they only scored seven points against a defense that's 29th in scoring, 28th in yards. That has to matter. That's not great. 
right? But then also special teams gave away six points. And then they gave away three more on a muffed punt, right? So that's not Jordan Love's fault. What do we do with that? And, well, yeah, he was really poor against the Blitz, which is a bad sign because how quarterbacks handle pressure, I think that's a big line of demarcation between good and bad quarterbacks. Quarterbacks that can't play and quarterbacks that are in the league for a long time. But he was also pressured a stupid, out-of-the-ordinary amount. 48% of his dropbacks, he was blitzed on 21 of 39 pass attempts, right? So I... There's a caveat and a counter argument to any argument that you might try to make, which is why I'm just not really comfortable planting a flag on Jordan Love, and you shouldn't be either, right? One game does not a quarterback make, and you can go and look at the first start of any of these young quarterbacks who've turned out to be good. It's not really indicative of their first start. But then again, we knew this coming in. We should have been ready to have this conversation. Scott is on the phone, 608-796-2558. What's up, Scott? Hey, man, it's just uh, the NFL. I mean, I think the Packer fans out there just need to take a break a little bit, take a little breath, because I mean, just look at just look at the uh, look at the week, man. It's like Dallas is playing at home against Denver, who sucks, and they got destroyed. No Derrick Henry at Tennessee. They go to the Rams, this great team, great offense. They sucked. The Bills went down to visit my Jags and lost. Yeah. I mean, weird stuff happens. Green Bay always loses in KC. So it's just one of those things. I mean, I know it, that – you got a bad KC defense that looked awesome against, you know, <laughs> against Love, but yeah. just chalk it up to, like, this is the NFL, man. Weird stuff happens. Every given Sunday, right, Scott? I guess. Yeah. Like I said, my Jags beat the Bills, the <laughs> team in the AFC. I mean, come on. It was ridiculous. They Missing a left tackle and their starting running back, which is the majority of their offense, yeah. and they beat Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no words, man. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Scott. I think that's a great point. And I something that's important to mention about Jordan Love, and this might make me sound like a apologist, like I'm a, a fan who can't see this objectively, but I think this is important. Jordan Love didn't give away the game last night, right? If he throws two interceptions, one in the first half and then one right out of halftime or whatever, the Chiefs are up, you know, 24 to three and give the Packers defense props. We're going to talk about them at 530. But in a quarterback at his first start, he had one turnover, despite being pressured a ton. And that turnover, there are worse ways to turn the ball over. I mean, I'm sorry. You're in your first start on the road in a hostile environment, and you're getting pressured on half of your dropbacks, and the one pick that you throw is a de facto 50-50 ball to the best receiver in football? All right, I can go to sleep at night knowing that that was his one turnover in his first ever career start. Meanwhile, like Scott said, Josh Allen can't buy a touchdown against the Jags. Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys are down 30 to nothing to the Broncos at home at one point. And last night, I'm watching Matthew Stafford give the game away. He's giving away free touchdowns, pick six, interception here and there against the Titans defense that really isn't all that good. I mean, maybe we were wrong about the Titans defense, but they're not a juggernaut. They're not the 85 Bears. No one's ever used that example in sports radio before. There is a certain weirdness to the NFL. Any given Sunday. Right? Anybody can beat anybody. That's why football is fun. Jordan Love didn't give the game away. He wasn't the reason they lost. Now, he wasn't the reason they won. Right? But he didn't hold back this offense by throwing dumb picks and making stupid decisions. I He, hang in, he hung in there fine. Now, he wasn't, he wasn't great. He didn't light the world on fire, but he could have had a lot worse for his first career start. Here's another way to ask this. And once again, I, I'm, not, I'm not defending Jordan Love. I'm not saying that this, this start was amazing. But I'm trying to find the positives here, right? And, and there are positives to be found. But here's, here's another way of asking this. Of all of the outcomes that we could have gotten yesterday's game, 
all the outcomes, especially when you factor in they missed two field goals and they muffed a punt and they almost muffed another and they were losing the field position battle all game. I give you this list of outcomes on a number line from the worst possible outcome. Jordan Love throws four interceptions and he gets sacked a bunch and he fumbles the ball. That's the worst outcome. And then the best outcome is that he throws four touchdowns and the Packers win. In the range of possible outcomes, I thought he was fine. He was somewhere in the middle. He was in the middle of the bell curve of good and bad outcomes. And another question to ask yourself before you say he was terrible or he was great. Forget this game ever happened. Let's rewind to last Thursday. And I had to ask you, what do you expect from Jordan Love? What do you, what do you think? Give me a number line. Give me, paint the picture for what this game is going to look like. I mean, 19 to 34 for 200 yards, a touchdown and a pick. He only took one sack. He didn't fumble. <laughs> you can't like, okay. You'd be a lot worse. Sure, it could be better, but Patrick Mahomes was worse in some statistical categories. The quarterback profile for some of the advanced numbers, it's nuts, right? The EPA per play, Jordan Love was minus 0.03. Patrick Mahomes was minus 0.16. Jordan Love was better. Total EPA, Patrick Mahomes was much worse. Average depth of target, Patrick Mahomes was better, but eight and a half yards, average depth of target for Jordan Love, that's pretty good. Completion percentage, Jordan Love had him. Expected completion percentage, it was still pretty close. It was 66 to 63%, right? Completion percentage over expected. Jordan Love was minus 3.6. Patrick Mahomes was minus 12, right? Jordan Love was just as good as not a little better than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has the experience. He was playing at home. But, man, Patrick, Packers fans, be honest with yourself. That game could have gone a lot worse. It could have gone better. But I think realistically, the, the potential was for this to be way worse rather than the potential to be way better. I think it was much more realistic that he threw two interceptions and fumbled rather than throwing four touchdowns. Now, I think they could have done some dirty details better. You implement the running game a little bit better. Because the Packers ran the ball well. They didn't have anything to show for it. That's what's frustrating. They didn't really convert. They didn't execute. They got behind the sticks on third down, and that kind of doomed them. They couldn't handle the blitz. It's really tough to convert on the money down on third down. If you can't beat the blitz, you can't pick it up at least a little bit. And Jordan Love, I thought, hung in there tough and held serve. Didn't throw any really terrible balls. Didn't fumble. Didn't do anything stupid. Now I sound like I'm making Jordan Love's start to be great. It wasn't great. And what, what I could I could sit here and I could argue, well, this is the numbers from Trevor Lawrence's first start and Mahomes' first start. And Peyton Manning, remember, he went, uh, you know, he threw 28 interceptions his rookie year. And the Cowboys went 1-15 with Troy Aikman, right? There's tons of evidence and precedent on quarterbacks starting their career. Ultimately, it doesn't matter because for every Troy Aikman that goes 1-15, there's a bunch of quarterbacks that stay 1-15 and they're never any good. Same with Manning, same with Burrow, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence. I, I'm not going to compare and contrast because that's just pointless. We don't really know. We don't have this figured out and we won't for a while. But I think there were some good things. It sucks they had to lose the game. It sucks that Aaron Rodgers wasn't available for his team. I think it's a terrible look for him. You went to a Halloween party. You got yourself sick. It's fine that you don't get vaccinated. Okay. The NFL hasn't mandated it. You have the option to stay unvaccinated, but there's certain rules you got to follow. And Aaron Rodgers said, screw you guys. I'm Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm smarter than everyone else. And he gets sick and he misses a game that the Packers absolutely would have won going away had he played. Packers defense played really, really well. I'm excited to talk about that at 530. Why don't we hear from the man of the hour, the man of the day yesterday, Jordan Love. Who got the start? Let's hear from him coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. 
This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Corbin Burns has been named a finalist for the Cy Young Award, which was expected. I mean, I, I think, I hope, right? He was at least going to be a finalist. Max Scherzer, Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler. I think Max Scherzer should be disqualified because when he asked to be traded at the trade deadline, he said, I don't want to pitch in cold weather. I mean, to me, that if I'm a voter, that matters. Got to be able to do it in all climates. What a beta. I lost so much respect for Max Scherzer, former logger, heart of the Midwest. He's pitched here, and he's like, nah, I want to pitch in the warm weather, even though it's a summer league, which... Whatever, makes the opposite of sense, but go off. I guess the fate of the Dodgers and the Brewers was the same. Anyways, today we're not talking about baseball. Talking about the Packers, Jordan Love. I thought we'd be remiss if we didn't hear from Jordan Love at least a little bit during today's show. I have four sound bites I'd like to play you. Um, Two of them are big picture, how did you feel about your first start, what do you think about your future type thing, big picture, right? And then two specific things from the game. So that we start big picture his first start, his expectations for himself, and then uh, some more particular things about the game because then we're going to get back into the defense and really talk X's and O's and really be football guys and girls. We're really going to get into the details. Why don't we start? Jordan Love asked, you waited a year and a half for your first NFL start. Um, That factored into the equation. How did you feel about this game? Really disappointed. Um, Obviously, you never know when the opportunity is going to come, and I got it today, and not being able to go win that game. And uh, obviously, we had a lot of chances on offense. Defense played a really good game, uh, gave us a lot of chances. And I think that's what's most disappointing is I wasn't able to execute. And uh, as a team, you know, we weren't able to go finish and get some more points on the board early. Um, and it was just too little too late at the end. So it is very disappointing. Not to take away from Jordan Love and what we're talking about right now, but the way that the defense played yesterday, albeit against the Chiefs offense that's really struggled, although all of these offenses are prone to struggling. Look at what Brady did against the Saints, what the Cowboys did yesterday against the Broncos, and even the Rams and Matthew Stafford against the Titans. I need a world-beater defense. I think Denver's pretty good, and I think the Saints are pretty good, but they're not that much better. They're not world-beaters in comparison to Joe Barry's unit. I think this unit's gotten better week by week. Weirdly, the Packers scored seven points yesterday and lost a really winnable game. But I think big picture about contending for a Super Bowl when Aaron Rodgers comes back. Do we feel better about the Packers' chances after last night? I know they lost, but they lost through this weird lens of Jordan Love. I don't know. It's very weird. Todd asks a pertinent question, and I'm going to answer this before I forget about it and before we move on. He says, is anyone worried that Rodgers come back not 100% after having COVID? Isn't that what they said about Cam Newton last year after he returned and underperformed? I don't know. We're going to keep that in our back pocket because if Aaron Rodgers starts playing really poorly, we'll just blame COVID. I don't know if it'll actually be to blame. The impacts and the long-lasting effects are typically more pronounced for unvaccinated individuals. I don't know what the letter of the law says about immunized. Um, maybe I'll ask a doctor. I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously being a tool when I say that. I don't know. He's young and healthy. I hope he'll be fine. I would imagine he will. We don't need to dwell on that until it actually becomes a thing. Jordan Love says, what can you learn what can you improve upon now that you have four quarters under your belt of real NFL football? I mean, it's, it's only up from here in my eyes. Um, it's, 
it was really good to get the first game out the way and get a lot of tape and see a lot of different things. I mean, the defense is bringing a lot of different things today. So um, it's a learning moment for me. I get to go back and, and look at it and learn and see what I can do better, see how my feet could be better, where my ball placement could be better, um, and just obviously just learning, seeing what defense is throwing at me and what they're going to bring. So I think throw selection, right? When the other team is emptying the gun to come get you, don't throw at the sideline. You're doing them a favor. The sideline is an extra defender. I think that is something Jordan Love could probably take away from this. Now, the accuracy issues, ball placement. This is where it gets tricky because there's a lot that quarterbacks can improve upon. And tonight and tomorrow, I'm hoping to sit down and, and hopefully read some stuff. I saw JT O'Sullivan dropped his breakdown of Jordan Love. A lot of Packers fans have been sharing it on Twitter. I'm assuming that means he said good things. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't be we probably wouldn't be sharing it. Because I like the Packers fan base is just, no, we're really all about JT O'Sullivan's breakdowns. He crushes Jordan Love, but we love JT O'Sullivan. Like, no, I'm assuming because I've seen it shared in a bunch of places, it says complimentary things about Jordan Love, even though obviously there were some good and bad moments last night. The one thing that worries me is that quarterbacks typically don't take big leaps in accuracy. If they're inaccurate in college, they typically remain inaccurate to a degree in the NFL. That's why Josh Allen is so nuts. That's why the season he had last year is so wild because quarterbacks don't be inaccurate in college and their first year and their second year, and then all of a sudden now they're throwing dots and lasers. It's typically not how it works. Typically. If you get good coaching and you really put the work in, maybe. I don't know. Again, I'm not a football coach. But accuracy is typically not something that you get better with leaps and bounds. Now, running the rhythm and your footwork, and it, like if we're throwing a bootleg. Now, the more times you run that with the ones, and the more time you do that in a game, you're going to be more comfortable with it. And just for the sake of that, it might be easier to place the ball. But inaccurate quarterbacks typically don't all of a sudden just become more accurate. That's the one caveat to all of this, and I think it's something Packers fans need to be aware of. That was the book of Jordan Love in college and coming out. All right. Two things that are more specific. When targeting Devontae Adams, 14 attempts, only completed six balls. Why is that? You guys need more time together, or what's the deal there? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's something that, you know, it takes time, being able to build that chemistry. Obviously, some him and Aaron have very well. They've been together for a while. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah, I, the chemistry wasn't there yet, um, but it's something that, you know, I think it was able to progress as the game went on. Um, we were talking through some things and just getting on the same page. I think it progresses as the game went on. Lack of reps, that's tough. Also, and I don't mean to take a shot at Devontae Adams here, but he didn't show up for OTAs. So Jordan Love hasn't really had a chance to work with him. And Devontae Adams missed a lot of this week with COVID, so that's tough. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams really didn't have that connection and, and really weren't on the same page for years. And that's also why... I think Matt LaFleur's got to realize, look, these guys don't have the timing down to where we can throw fades and back shoulders. Maybe let's simplify it. Let's bring it in a little bit. That's where I think Matt LaFleur dropped the ball, and I know that's kind of been an overarching theme of the show. I don't think this is all on Matt LaFleur, but I think little things here and there, you you change it up, you lose by six points, that can make a big difference. Don't try to nail the back shoulder throws if the timing and the chemistry isn't there. Run something a little bit more convertible, chemistry or not. Right, And I think maybe that's where Matt LaFleur aired. But then again, Matt LaFleur's only ever coached Aaron Rodgers. So he's learning on the fly, too. Got to remember, he's only in his third year. Jordan Love, talking about the interception. He was targeting Devontae Adams, picked off by the Chiefs' best corner, Legereus Sneed. Uh, yeah, on that one, we had a sort of a wheel stomp route with Tay, you know, one-on-one. Um, and I tried to give him a chance on it, um, but it wasn't a good enough ball. Left it too, too far up the field for the DB to 
gonna make a play on it. Tay was trying to do his best to knock it down, but dude made a good play. Really good play by Legarius Sneed. Really good grab. A couple of factors here. MVS rounded that route out a little bit. That's gonna be a little bit more crisp because they're trying to create a little bit of disconnect between Adams, who's running the wheel, and MVS, who's coming from the outside position to the inside position. So they're trying to run some interference. It wasn't quite crisp enough. Remember, Devontae Adams didn't practice this week, and MVS has probably practiced in a limited capacity for a long time now. He's coming back from the hammy. Um, it's good to have him back. And then Devontae Adams goes up the sideline, and again, it wasn't the worst ball in the world. He let him a little bit too far. But if Jordan Love's going to throw a pick, I, like, I'll sleep okay at night knowing that it was a de facto jump ball to the best wide receiver in football. I'll live with that. If that's your only pick, all right, there's room to improve. It really could have been a whole lot worse. And that's maybe my positive takeaway from the Jordan Love game, and maybe only a Packer fan would have this approach, but it could have been a whole lot worse. You give me a list of expected outcomes from all the way terrible to all the way perfect, I think he ended up somewhere in the middle in a really rowdy environment. All right, yeah, I'll take it. Sure, could be worse. Got to hear from Jordan Love a little bit. When we come back, I want to talk about Joe Barry and his defense because, sneaky, this defense is good, and they've been good for a couple of weeks. I got no numbers to throw at you. I have no pro football focus grades, um, no advanced metrics, no DVOA, nothing like that. This is just me. I'm going to talk about what I've seen, and I hope that when I just go off the cuff here, I'm I'm going to make sense. We'll see. <laughs> no promises. 608-796-2558 at Wisco Grant on Twitter. Love to hear from you as well. Packers defense and Joe Barry back in five minutes on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Out of the way he played, he hung in there. He was taking hits and delivering the ball, and I thought he did a really good job. But I think that ultimately I've got to be better, and this one falls squarely on me. That's Sports show. We're matching the music here to the topic. That's on me. R.I.P. to Mac Miller. Circles, by the way, this may be a hot take. I think Circles is his best album. I know Faces just went up on Spotify and on streaming services. I, I think Circles is his best work. This is amazing. This song is amazing. And depressing and kind of fits the mood of what Matt LaFleur is saying. It's his fault. It's on him. Look at that. Someone taking some accountability on this Packers team. One of these leaders has to. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're about to talk about Joe Barry's defense, but we've also talked about LaFleur. We've talked about Jordan Love. And if you want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, I'm down for that too. Whatever you want to chat about, 608-796-2558. Billy is downtown. Billy, what's up? Hey, man. Uh, bumper music. Excellent. Wow, oh, thank you just you. had me cracking up. Um, and yeah, Circles is absolutely his best album. Is that it really? Is not a bad take at all. What's, his, what's his second you best know, album? Uh, faces. Okay. Faces are swimming. It's it's faces swimming and circles are all, you know, it's ABC, you know. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. That's very um, Yeah, well, I just wanted to add something about Jordan Love. Um, I saw it. I remember it in uh, the week one game when he played, and it happened a few times in preseason where he'd hesitate with the ball, like, in the back of, you know, like, cocked, ready to throw. Mm -hmm. And um, it would get hit right out. Did not see that at all in the game yesterday. I was really impressed on that because that was something I had my eye on all preseason and then that week one game as well. Yeah. So I, at least he improved on something, you know? Yeah, when he got 
protection. And I, I honestly think the Chiefs, when they got the lead and they got uh, they got up 13-7, to seven, I think they stopped blitzing for that drive, which thank you, by the way, for doing that. And then they started again when it got to a point. But, like, Jordan Love, I think he completed nine straight balls, and he was confident. He knew where yeah. he was going with it. There wasn't a whole lot of indecision, um, at least when he had time to decide. I'm with you there. I liked a little bit of confidence from him. Yeah, it was, it was nice to see, you know, silver linings. Also, I uh, absolutely feel feel real good about the Packers uh, going going far in the playoffs with with that defense and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers, that, uh, that's a QB. Yeah, that's my QB. Q Iran. Q that's Iran my Rogers. QB. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. Have a good one. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks. Yeah, we're power ranking Mac Miller albums. Watching movies with the sound off is a sneaky good choice as well. I mean, they're all good. Um, and you want to talk about Divine Feminine? It has its moments. We use a song off the Divine Feminine. Um, like I'll play Dang. The Anderson Pack is great, but um, yeah, I think it circles. Another call back to the phones. Who's this? Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Hey, Grant. I'm glad, I'm glad I got through to you. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> I'm Jeff from Eau Claire. Jeff, Jeff from, from Eau Claire. Claire. Oh, I love I, Eau Claire. What's up? <laughs> uh, one quick, quick question. They were talking before about uh, the the middle being open. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when when uh, and not use and they use the sideline all the time. Shouldn't somebody up in the booth, up, up you know, watching watching down? Yeah. And it's hard to see from the sideline. It really is. Yeah, you know, I've been to many games. That's a good point. Is, is there an offensive coordinator? Is Hackett up in the booth? I think he is. That's probably on him, right? He's got the eye in the sky type view. I think somebody would exactly. like to chime down. Yeah, that's a good point. Right, right. That's a good point. That, that's all I have to say. So, oh. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Jeff. The 715 of Eau Claire. I do enjoy Eau Claire. I need to take a trip. My parents live in Menominee. I haven't been back in weeks. I said I'd be back to visit before Thanksgiving, and I haven't made it happen. I feel bad. I've been working a lot on the weekends. I'm a working man. Nobody are, nobody my age wants to work anymore. Somebody's got to carry the mantle on. Thank you for the call, 608-796-2558. I said last night that every team should have a coach in the booth, and their only job is to watch replays of catches along the sideline and buzz down when the ball's out of bounds, and when they need to hurry. Because there was a play last night. Devontae Adams was really he was short of the marker. He was right there. And on the replay, you could see it. But the Packers, I don't think, realized it. And they took their time. And they took forever to get up to the line. And the Chiefs didn't challenge it right away. And I think if the Packers had a guy up in the booth whose only job was to watch that sort of thing and buzz down, be like, code red, snap the ball, just run a quarterback dive or something, just get the playoff. I, I, I don't know. I think if we're talking about specific coaches that need to be on staffs, I think I'm with Jeff and Eau Claire. I think we need an eye in the sky to uh, accomplish a couple of attacks here. Thank you for the uh, the call. I do want to talk about the defense because there's two there's two things going on here. the The season is a quest. It's this mission to make it through 17 games, get into the postseason with a good seed, and then try to win playoff games and make a Super Bowl. Right? Like, that's the ultimate goal. But along the way, we have these little side quests, and I think yesterday was this unique side quest where we stopped thinking about the big goal of 2021. And we looked at Jordan Love and started thinking about 2022, 23, 24, 25. I think too many Packers fans made this about the next 15 years. Whoa. No one is here to talk about the next 15 years. Now, maybe next year, right? We can talk about that. But let's let's, let's shrink our scope down just a little bit here. And I think we become so locked in on Jordan Love and talking about that that we forget the actual mission of the season, which is to win a bunch of games, get seeding, go to a Super Bowl. Which, on one hand, yesterday's game really sucked because Aaron Rodgers... Who knows? He either gets vaccinated, maybe he's available, or he actually follows protocol and he doesn't go to a big indoor party like he's not supposed to. 
maybe then he's available and the Packers win and we're 8-1 and one and really in the driver's seat for the number one seed in the NFC. So there's that half of it. But the other half of it is the defense. I think despite the Packers losing yesterday, and maybe we feel better or worse about Jordan Love, I'm not sure, but I think we have to feel better about the defense and maybe their potential for making a Super Bowl or contending for a Super Bowl this year. I saw this tweet last night, and I found it uh, potent, or not poignant, poignant's the word, not potent. That makes no sense. Albert Breer tweeted this, and again, I'm all for taking shots at Aaron Rodgers right now. He said, I'm watching how the Packers have hung in there tonight with a struggling young quarterback, how well LaFleur has coached, and how the run game has shown up in key spots despite the pass game vanishing and how the defense has played. Where did Aaron Rodgers expect to find a better situation? I, I kind of agree. If, if you were watching last night's game and Aaron Rodgers wasn't on the Packers, you would watch and you would say, wow, that team just needs a quarterback. The defense is good. The running game is good. They have weapons on the outside. They have a bright young coach. They just need a quarterback. And luckily the Packers are going to get one. But then again, wasn't this the type of situation Aaron Rodgers was trying to remove himself from? For greener pastures, he was trying to get somewhere else. Oh yeah, that's right. It was about the people. Oh, all the people that he gave a big middle finger to and he lied in his presser and then didn't follow protocol and wasn't available for those people. Oh, that's right. Okay, but we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about the defense. I was going to write down a bunch of stats today. My goal was to come in. In my notes, I have defense written at 530. And I was going to look up for some numbers and say, hey, you know, week one and two, this was the number. And then since week two or three, this has been this number. I don't know, DVOA, yards per game, uh, uh, EPA per play, you know, things like that. And I was going to give you this, this big laundry list of information that shows, wow, this defense is coming along and they're getting better. And then I told myself, well, wait, this isn't a stats take. This is an eye test take. This is something that I've been thinking about just watching. Also, I ran out of time at work today. I didn't have time to do that research, but whatever, we can, we can spin it and it's an eye test take. So I'm going no notes here. I'm just going to try to explain how this makes me feel. Forget the Pittsburgh game and forget the Washington game. Pittsburgh is a unique offense in that they don't really have the capability to push the ball down the field. And Washington is a unique team in that their quarterback just isn't really all that good. I don't think Taylor Heineke's all that good. So let's talk about the Bengals. They played in the last couple weeks. Let's talk about the Bears. Let's talk about the Chiefs last night and then the Cardinals on Thursday night. I think week by week, this defense is getting better. And they maybe aren't getting better statistically. Maybe their DVOA is getting worse. I don't know. Or maybe their EPA per play is getting worse. Or their yards per game. I, I don't know. I didn't pull the stats today. I didn't have time. I ran out of time. I allocated my time poorly today. But I think they're getting better in that. When I watch them, I say, okay, they have an identity. They get it. They're all on the same page. They understand what Joe Barry's defense is. Everybody looks to be in the right spot, and I know that's a low bar to cross, but that always wasn't the case with Petten, and it wasn't the case at the end with Capers. Everybody's confident about where they're lining up. Everybody seems confident in their role. Like Dean Lowry, he's played well, but I don't think that's a Dean Lowry thing. I think that's him being put in a position to succeed. Chris Barnes yesterday was laying wood all over the field. Just bending pipe everywhere, just knocking dudes out at the goal line. He was trying to punch the ball out. Oren Burks made a really good play on was it a fourth down or a third down with like two yards to go, and he made a great open field tackle. The linebackers were playing physical. Some of these rotational pieces on the defensive line playing really, really well. Rasul Douglas has looked good at times. Not so great at others, but got him off the practice squad, right? They're injured. 
Kevin King has graded really well the last two weeks. I know he dropped that interception, and he's Kevin King, so we make fun of him. And I think part of that is that's just human nature after the NFC Championship game last year. But some of these role players, some of these uh, these players that could kind of go either way, like, oh, Chris Barnes is great, and then the next game he's not. Or Dean Lowry, he could play a nice role, but he's also looked bad in the past. All of these guys are playing the best version of themselves. And I think that's partly because they understand this defense and they realize where they're supposed to be lined up. They realize what they're supposed to be doing and what they're not supposed to be doing. They know their role. There's an identity. And I think that identity is getting stronger every week. And the defense plays with more confidence every week despite losing guys. They lost Jair. They lost Zedarius right from the jump. They lost Preston for a stretch. Now they're without Kenny Clark, although Matt LaFleur said today that he doesn't think it's serious. Right? They lost Eric Stokes. He didn't play at all last night. Talent-wise, they're getting worse. But identity, I think they're getting better. Organization, I think they're getting better. And they're playing with confidence. They're getting better. They're getting more confident. And I don't know what number would reflect that. There maybe isn't a number. And maybe I'm seeing what I want to see because I'm a Packer fan. And maybe it's opponent. I think opponent probably factors into it too. This Chiefs offense is not organized. They're not playing well right now. But still, hold them to 13 points at home. And that's considering two missed field goals and a short field that was given up on a muffed punt. That's impressive, right? The Bengals, they hung in there with some really good weapons, really good wide receivers. Now the Bengals have dropped off recently, but this Packers defense is getting more confident. They're looking more like a defense. Maybe that's the best way to sum it up. They look like a defense and not a bunch of guys because in the past, we're like, how is this Packers defense not better? They got a couple of really good edge rushers. They got a couple of really good corners. Darnell Savage, by the way, is flying everywhere. I didn't even mention him. They got two safeties we love. Why are they not better? They got a stud defensive lineman. They have all these pieces. As a defense, why are they not better? We've always looked at this defense as fragments. Well, you got Zedarius and Kenny Clark and Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary and, and Darnell Savage. We like all these guys. Why aren't they better? We've always looked at them individually. And now I watch this defense and I think, wow, the Packers' defense is a whole. They figured it out a little bit. They've gotten better. They have a stronger identity. They all seem to understand their roles, and I think that's bringing out the best version of all these players. Savage was flying around hitting dudes yesterday. And Kevin Clark, Kevin Clark, Kenny Clark played great before he got hurt. And Kevin King, who I think is who I was trying to say originally, I know he dropped the pick, but he played pretty good yesterday. He's played pretty good the last two weeks. They're lucky to have him healthy, given all their other injuries. Dean Lowry's played great. Rashawn Gary had a couple big boy rushes last night. These are players that in the past we've thought, why are these guys better? This should all add up to more synergy, right? The sum of the collective parts being bigger. We're supposed to add all this together and it's supposed to be bigger than the sum of the collective parts. I feel like that's happening. Now, it might not be enough if they can't get healthy because the sum of all of these parts, I think there's a ceiling, but you add in Baxadaria Smith and Jair, well, now that ceiling's a little bit higher. And if the identity is still there and the confidence is still there, but now the talent improves, this could be a pretty good unit. Now, the next couple of weeks are gonna be a pretty good test. They have Russell Wilson, who's going to be healthy next week. He announced today in the lamest Twitter video I've ever seen. Uh, but I don't know why I'd be shocked by that. Russell Wilson is just kind of lame by nature. right? They have the Seahawks, the Vikings, who can move the ball. They can't win, but they have good offensive weapons. They'll have the Rams as well. They get the Rams at home, which Matthew Stafford just basically doesn't know what it is to win at Lambeau, so maybe that plays to the Packers' advantage. That's all coming up the next couple of weeks. So hopefully they get healthy. They continue to improve a little bit. But as a unit confidence, identity, that has impressed me. I don't know what number I could research to prove that, but you just have to take my word for it. This is what I'm seeing when I'm watching. Let's take a break. We'll hear from Mike Clements, get an update from him, and wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. Coming up next. 
This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers lose to the Chiefs 13-7. Green Bay's defense holding the Chiefs to just one touchdown and two field goals. Nose tackle Kenny Clark suffered a back injury and did not return. Dean Lowry was limited during the game. And during the pregame warm-ups, defensive back Eric Stokes injured his knee. I asked Matt LaFleur what happened. Yeah, so um, it was just a freak thing in pregame. He went up for a ball and kind of landed wrong, and we'll get further evaluation on it but um you know i'm we're hopeful i don't think it's going to be something long term kevin king was back for the first time in a month after suffering a shoulder injury against the bengals he talked about losing jair alexander and now stokes it seems like about you know just about every week we're playing you know without one of our key guys you know so that's the mentality we have you know all up and down the roster you know it's kind of everybody everybody's ready everybody's prepared and you know if it uh, if it gets to that then, then you know we, we know what to do out there the packers held kansas city's offense to just 237 total yards Chief quarterback Patrick Mahomes. It was a battle all day long. Uh, I mean, we we felt like we had good plays and that we were moving the ball and we'd stall out and it kind of it kind of all day it felt like that. And then at the end of the day, uh, when we had a chance to to go out there and really win it, um, after the defense had played a great game, um, guys stepped up and made plays and I kind of let that out of like that frustration. We made, we made it happen and I mean, I'd rather be walking away with the win than a lot of yards, so I'm glad we got the win. So the Chiefs improved to 5-4. and four. The Packers, 7-2, and two, had over 300 yards total offense, one touchdown, but missed two field goals. Jordan Love says that Aaron Rodgers called him before the game. Yeah, I mean, Aaron talked a little bit before, and he was just telling me, you know, just go out there and ball out. Um, he was excited to watch me. Um, said just trust my feet, um, which I think was really good advice. Best Packers coverage. Wisco Sports Show, I love that quote from Patrick Mahomes. I'd rather take the win over a bunch of yards. Yeah, well, you'll take what you get and like it because your team has been terrible the last couple of weeks and it's been mostly because of you. This is the Wisco Sports Show, final couple of minutes. My name is Grant Bills. Couple of minutes to send me a text, 608-796-2558. At Wisco Grant on Twitter. I just, I can't believe what... I'm sorry, not to bring this up, but... I was just looking at... Uh, Twitter, and this is the headline from NBC News. I can't, can't, I hate being alive. It says, Big Bird's seemingly innocuous announcement that he was vaccinated for COVID-19 causes a stir online among the right wing, with Senator Cruz accusing the yellow bird of tweeting government propaganda. I can't, why? I don't want to be alive anymore. We have a senator beefing with Big Bird. Was this a thing that I missed today? Big Bird sending out government propaganda. Oh, my God. Can we... Let's just wrap up the show. After seeing that, I just... I want to go home and go to bed. Honestly. (laughs) Bears-Steelers tonight. I think the Steelers are the more talented team. I think the Bears should win. Where is this game? Oh, Grant, really prepared. Yeah, I know. Um, Monday, 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 Monday. It's in Pittsburgh. Okay. So are the... Wow, Pittsburgh minus seven. I think Pittsburgh probably has better talent. I don't know. Maybe Khalil Mack and TJ Water, a little bit of a wash. I just, you can't win with Big Ben playing like this. You know what I mean? Like, if Justin Fields plays better than Big Ben tonight, I don't see a scenario in which Pittsburgh wins. 
I'm not saying I pick the Bears or bet the Bears. I don't give out betting advice on the show because you'd probably lose a lot of money if you listen to my advice. But I don't know. There's a definite ceiling with a team like Pittsburgh. It doesn't matter how much talent you have on the outside. It doesn't matter your running game, which is not very good, even though they drafted Najee Harris. And it doesn't really matter your defense. If your quarterback can't throw more than four yards down the field, that's an issue. And Badgers fans, we know this because I love Danny Davis. I like Joe Ferguson. I really like Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi, and I like their offensive line. And their defense is great. But there is a defined ceiling on a team when your quarterback is limited. And I think Big Ben is really, really limited. So Bears fans, get excited tonight. I don't know. kind of like your chances. That being said, I can say that and then go home and not worry about it because I'm not a Bears fan. You know, maybe we'll hear from Jeff and lacrosse, uh, one of our resident Bears fans tomorrow. Tomorrow, Mike Clemens is also going to join us at 5.30. Trying to figure out if we need to talk about the Bucks. The Bucks lost again to the Wizards yesterday. And I, I don't know, maybe it matters. I, I think our friend Brian Sampson of Bucks Film Room tweeted today. He's like, it's okay to not freak out. We'll also start to expect this team to play a little bit better. All right. That seems good. That seems solid. I like that. That's a good take. Expect the team to start playing a little bit better while also realizing that it's not time to panic. The Bucks, by the way, were at the White House today. Giannis gave a speech at the podium. Did he speak on Big Bird's vaccination status? I don't know, but I will get to the bottom of it tonight, and we can lead the show with that tomorrow. I didn't know this was a thing. Sorry for dropping the ball and not bringing it up until 5.59. Enjoy Monday Night Football tonight. I'll talk to you tomorrow. 